0: hey friend welcome to enough for today thanks for joining me we are gonna wrap up Psalm 52 today and I'm glad that you are with me we have really gleaned a lot from this psalm David's been betrayed but he's preemptive he's going to God with the betrayal and he's preemptively celebrating The destruction of the enemies of God and the preservation of the believers that those that trust God he says the enemies are gonna be uprooted they're like dead trees they're never gonna really bear fruit but I am like verse we saw this yesterday verse 8 I am like a green olive tree in the house of God I my roots go deep I'm gonna live a long time forever okay Uh, I'm gonna bear fruit in and out of season and I'm gonna stay forever in the presence of God because his mercy is holding on to me I am like the green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I want you to remember this. David is preemptively celebrating this from his darkness. Okay, that's the big takeaway. Well, one of many big takeaways of this psalm. It hasn't happened yet, but he's trusting in the mercy. He's living by faith. His dependence is on God, and he knows that God is going to vindicate him, which he does. And now, even as I'm recording this, David is celebrating in the presence of God like that green olive tree forever and ever and ever. And you and I will too. So David has anchored his soul, his emotions, to the depths of the promises in the heart of God in the middle of his trial. And he's, he's chronicling, he's, he's, he's uh, journaling these things for us today as the preserved word of God. So he says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And he's preaching this now to himself, isn't he? So my friend, do you do that? Do you preach to yourself? Do you say when wicked men seem to be triumphing over you or around you, do you say, God's people are gonna get the last laugh, I'm trusting in him, you're gonna be uprooted, they're gonna be uprooted, I don't need to manufacture vengeance, God's going to deal with this. Uh, And I am rooted and grounded in Christ. My roots are going deep. My life is going to be forever. I'm going to bear fruit in his presence forever. And I'm like the green olive tree in the house of God because I'm trusting in his mercy. I'm the object of God's mercy and nothing can change that. So now we end the psalm in verse 9. I'll read the verse and we'll wrap it up. I will praise thee forever. So there's a, in this phrase, <clears throat> there's two things, and I want to get my words right. There's the claiming of a promise. God, I know I'm going to be praising you forever. You've promised me eternal life. And there's the declaration of a devotion. I'm happy that I get to praise you. I, I, because I'm going to praise you forever, I'm praising you now. Okay, because I understand my true destiny I understand my true function, my true calling now. If I'm going to live forever praising God, then I can begin praising him and I can always be praising him even right now, wherever I am, whatever's going on in my life. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. Catch this, friend. Has he done it yet? When David's writing this song, has he done it yet? No. Is he going to do it on David's timeline? Yes. Is it a guaranteed eventuality? is it a foregone conclusion absolutely 100% so david is beforehand saying you've done it it's done this is faith faith is the evidence of things not seen the substance of things hoped for it is the guarantee that god's good to his word good to his promises i'm gonna bank on it i'm gonna rest in it i'm gonna joy in it i'm gonna celebrate it before it's even happened because he has done it So it is with your faith, with your salvation. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He has done it. Jesus on the cross, it is finished. The work is done. It is paid in full. You are a victor, whether you feel like it or not, whether today's a good day or a bad day. You are a victor. Christ has declared the victory. It's only waiting consummation. So you don't have to win the victory. It's already won. You have to live out of it, live in it, anticipate it, uh, be the olive tree rooted in the house of God, rooted in the presence of God and praise him because it is a done thing. So I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it and I will wait. Now the word wait in most often in the old Testament is a designation of total dependence and patience and hope, a restfulness, an active restfulness. I'm going to live out my life on mission in the will of God in a dependent way, in an anticipatory way, in a hopeful way I'm looking for, I'm anticipating. This is not I'm, I'm, I'm wasting my time twiddling my thumbs with nothing to do. No, this is I am looking forward earnestly, dependent, living in total dependence and restfulness on this guaranteed word, promise, assurance of God. I will wait on thy name. Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord, my guide, my friend, my shepherd. Jesus is my judge, my vindicator, the executor of justice in my life. He's going to make it happen. I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. What is good? Praising God with his saints is good. Living in fellowship with other believers is good. Life in community with believers. Life at the house of God. Life in Shiloh during the feast days with all the tribes coming to celebrate. There's music, there's feasting, there's worshiping, there's sacrificing, there's all the beauty and all the wonder. This is, uh, life in Israel was most celebratory, most full, most abundant at the feast times. They're atoning for sins in terms of the sacrifices, but then they're enjoying each other and they're enjoying God. And it was a picture, it was a picture of two things. It was a picture of local church life, life in community. God always brings his people together in community. Why? Because it is good before thy saints. And that's a taste of what heaven's gonna be like. A a day in church with the saints worshiping, enjoying, celebrating, remembering, commemorating, rehearsing the goodness of God um, is good. And it's a foreshadowing of what heaven's going to be like. And let's go all the way back to the dark place that David's in. And what's he doing? He's anticipating. He's anticipating a day when he's going to be able to celebrate God's deliverance in the presence of all of his people. He's anticipating a feast. I think it's a very good possibility that the idea, the vision of David's kingdom, David's kingship, is being cultivated in moments like this where he's envisioning leading his nation to worship God in peace together. And he's envisioning uh, how that's going to set up, where that's going to be, uh, David is the one that conquered the Jebusite city that became Jerusalem. He's the one that dreamed of um, Temple Mount being up on that threshing floor and buying that land from Arun or Aruna, however you want to say it. That threshing floor, that flat space on the top of that of Mount Moriah. He envisioned building God's house there, and God said, "You get the materials, but your son's going to build the house." But nonetheless, David brought. Uh, The Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle to that place and reinstituted the worship of the tribes in that place and built his own Palace in that place. So I he's he's dreaming of that day Which is all a foreshadowing of a New Testament era and an eventually Eternity in a new Jerusalem where we'll all be feasting and celebrating and and enjoying God forever and ever and ever in a new kingdom Oh, it's rich, my friend. It's so powerful. Psalm 52, a short psalm, but a psalm that reckons our view of wicked men today and those that are rooted in God's mercy forever. I hope this blessed you. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.